episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Rich Wells. And today we're tackling Season 3, Episode 11, Kill Zone. The original air date for this episode was January 4th, 1988. We're now in 1988, officially. Wow. Uh, it was directed by Chuck Bowman. This is his first of three MacGyvers. Um, he also directed 30-some Dr. Quinn episodes and a few episodes of Tremors. Oh, nice. Um, and this was written by Calvin Clements Jr., who we had had do GX1, and he'll do a couple more after this. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we get into the story in brief? Uh, in this episode, a uh, deadly organism is brought back from space and put into a lab where uh, it starts to try to escape the lab. Now, this is a lot like the Andromeda Strain. Yeah. But I think in the Andromeda Strain that they didn't send anything up. That they just yeah. collected this organism in space. Yeah. But and the it, case in this episode is that they actually sent something up that evolved faster because it was in space. Right. And then it was not intentionally brought back down. It just happened to fall back down. Right. But the other weird thing is that the thing that they sent up that evolved faster in space, which there's no reason for it to evolve faster yeah. in a in a vacuum of weightlessness um, continues to evolve very quickly after having coming back. Right. So that's weird. It's, it's a, it's a fantastic four type of situation. I'm right, guessing. Right. Like yeah. it was exposed to cosmic rays and became something else. But they stopped changing when they came back. Yeah. <laughs> this thing keeps changing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we open with MacGyver's in a helicopter mm-hmm. in and, full hazmat gear. Yeah. And he's got a tiny little camera with an antenna on it. Yeah. His only source of communication. Yes. Um, that is weird. <laughs> that hadn't occurred to me until now that there's nothing built into the suit. It's just the camera. Yeah. He's They're, communicating. The, the audio and video are both being sent through this tiny antenna on the camera. It's very, very... I, I almost... I don't know if they even made cameras that small that could transmit back in those days. I don't know. If they did, that's probably what they used to shoot all the interior shots. <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode has very unusual quality. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's just the Netflix transfer or if it looks this way on the DVDs, but there's definitely a frame rate issue mm-hmm. with all the stuff with Phelps and, and uh, Pete in, yeah. the, in the dark room where they're watching all the monitors. Um, it just looks like it's playing it, almost PAL speed, but maybe just like yeah. higher higher camera speed than usual it's it's got a weird true motion effect that made me want to like reset my tv settings when i was watching yeah yeah i was uh where was i watching and i i because I, I watch these on my uh, computer because i'm making notes at work and or, yeah and because i make notes at the same time yeah um and i was like oh what's going on here yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh you know but you know yeah like i said it could be an issue with the transfer or or maybe the masters got lost and they had to use utilize another country's master. Yeah, uh, that's for the footage. Yeah, not sure. It, it yeah, it kind of does look like that. Like, like they had to. This footage had to come from like a beta that was in twenty five mm-hmm. frames per second or yeah. something. That's definitely possible. But yeah, so um, he's he's filming out the window of a helicopter as they're flying over, surveying the damage of this ecological outbreak. Correct. Um, and essentially, it killed. 900 sheep on um, some farmer's ranch. Yeah. Um, but didn't kill the farmer. Right. Who <laughs> found the sheep dead. And it kills everything else very quickly. And McGovern needs a hazmat suit, but this farmer's immune. Just like the, the farmer that's immune the in the Andromeda strain. Oh my god, they need they need him. <laughs> they need to get the microbes out of his gut. Yeah. 
Um, the military plans to completely napalm the area. Right. Like to to incinerate it, uh, to in order to kill the organism. Why why the reentry heat of space did Didn't not do that for them. Yeah, because they talk about that the the satellite would, was has been fried, and Phelps even the colonel uh, who's in charge says. If, do you see any smoke? Because the satellite would have been red hot when it came in. It's like, yeah, it would have. Yeah, it would have been. It wouldn't have even have been red hot. It would have been incinerated. Yeah. Because it's not an aerodynamic satellite. Yeah, it's, it's not falling. In, it's in, just a box. It wasn't meant for reentry. Yeah, you know, mo- most you know reentry vehicles also have an angle of approach in which they enter the atmosphere. They don't just come straight down. Yeah, because... satellites fall out of orbit often. Yeah. And they never make it to the ground. Yeah. Because they're satellites, they're not ships, so they're not built to survive mm-hmm. that. Um, but, but yeah, the other thing that's weird here, this is one of those rare episodes, and, and I'm, n- I'm not saying it's the first one, but it's one of those rare episodes where I'm pretty sure MacGyver and the Phoenix Foundation are the bad guys. Yeah. It's... And everything they're doing here is unethical and wrong. And uh, and they're covering it up. And, yeah. And uh, it's such a... Such a strange episode, and and the real villain, the mastermind of all this, we haven't gotten to yet, but we yeah. will. Um, who's basically a bioterrorist. But yeah, she is a bioterrorist. But even specifically, like the whole plan here, um, in sending MacGyver in, doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, the only reason they're sending him in is to collect this organism, which has already escaped. Yeah. So that they can prove that it's what's killing the animals. When it seems like they already know that if they're willing to firebomb the entire yeah, area. Yeah, they, they already know that something from the satellite is killing everything. So just firebomb, go through the plan as you're intending. Yeah. Because they're going to do it any... They're doing it either way. Yeah, the only reason to collect the organism is to endanger everyone else by bringing it back to the scientist that is responsible exactly. for this whole mess. And that's what they do. Yeah. Um, but while MacGyver uh, is uh, walking through the woods, he encounters a lot of uh, a lot of dead animals. Yeah, he gets the footage of the sheep from the helicopter, but then walking on his own, he sees a rabbit and a deer Be- and, and a bear, bear. wolf. Yeah. Nope. Chuck Testa. <laughs> Chuck Testa. Yeah, these, these are definitely like taxidermied. <laughs> I, think, I think we covered this before on the show. Taxidermied. Taxidermied. That's the proper right. Okay. And I think you asked me that last time because you said it sounded wrong, <laughs> but I'm relatively certain it's taxidermied. All right, animals. Animals. Um. Because they were like, "Can you taxidermy this bear? Make it look like it died in a real painful way." Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I can do that. All right, I can do that. Chuck Testa. <laughs> uh, MacGyver finds the satellite, and while he's reporting its position. He uh, the the ledge that he's standing on completely gives out. Yeah, and it, so he ends up sliding down a hill. Yeah, it it freaked me out when it happened because I was not expecting. Yeah, it. it's very sudden. And but um, he's he's able to tell them I found the satellite. Yeah, and as he falls, he breaks the antenna, which completely cuts off his communication. And so now they think MacGyver is dead. I don't well, think anyone thinks that. I I mean, the guy is saying move ahead with the firebombing. But they can't possibly think he died just from, like, having slid down a hill. Well, maybe not. All they know is that they lost communication and that they had a set of rules in order. And one of them was you have this much time to get there. Yeah. If you don't get there in this amount of time or if we lose communications with you, we're going to send in the firebombing. But I I guess they were worried that if he took such a fall that his suit would have been torn open. 
Right. Um, which could have led to exposure. Right. Um, or not, got knocked unconscious. And, and that the best way to die if you've been exposed is firebombing. Firebomb you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but MacGyver is still somehow able to receive communications. Yeah. Even though he doesn't have an antenna on the yeah. only way he was able to send communications. Yeah. So, um, they're, they're planning on, uh, unleashing the firestorm at 90 seconds. Yes. Which we cut to commercial. That doesn't leave us much time after oh these commercial gosh, breaks. Yeah. <laughs> you come back and it's just like devastating just, fire. Yeah, just a skeleton. <laughs> and, and Uncle Owen, Aunt Peru, Star Wars type skeleton just yeah. in the woods. Sitting there next to a, a still unharmed satellite somehow. Yeah. Man, this is really fireproof. <laughs> I don't know what they made this out of, but we need to build more things with it. It's evolving. The vacuum of space. Mm-hmm. That's what happens to things when you send them to space. They just get they better. Didn't, they didn't know about space back then. Yeah, the 80s. They, didn't, they didn't know space. We'd only been to the moon a bunch of times. Yeah. In fact, we in stopped. Fact, all of the times. We yeah. stopped going to the moon by the time this episode came out. This is boring. We still now. don't understand how space works. <laughs> like the last time we got to the moon. This is boring now. I'm done. This is stupid. When are we building a lunar base? That's got to happen soon, right? Pretty soon. Nah. No, that's never gonna happen. I want to start like a colony on the moon, and then have them like rebel against us, like the colonies did. Yeah. <laughs> and then like become their own country on the nice. moon. You ever heard of a, a? This is a bit of a tangent. You ever heard of a series called Freedom? I don't know. If it's I a, have. it's a it's an animated series. Um, basically, the plot is like Earth is too contaminated, so everyone leaves and builds a colony on the moon. Yeah. But. Earth eventually corrects itself, and the people who weren't rich enough or, or well-off enough to make it to the colony have been living through it, yeah. and now Earth is, like, livable again. Yeah. But the people who were in charge of the lunar colony know it, and they don't want to let anyone else leave. So they keep it, they, they keep pretending that, oh, no, Earth oh, it's can't, still we terrible. can't, we can't, we still we can't can go, go back. There, yeah. But uh, it's a really interesting series. Isn't that kind of like the Elysium story a little bit? Uh, a not, little... not the exact same, but yeah. that there's I mean, like a whole planet worth of space that people could be in where yeah. things are way better. Yeah, but they don't want to deal with it. And they still do all their manufacturing and everything on Earth. So they're ruining it again? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Elysium... Ugh, I'm sorry. It's not good. No? No. Uh, they, they ADR Jodie Foster completely. Yeah. Uh, because really? Of, yeah. Um, That's weird. Yeah, she she's doing... I guess maybe when she was doing her initial performance, she was either maybe either trying too hard with an accent or not hard enough because they give her this weird accent. It's it's like a country of no origin accent. Yeah. Um, but you, it's clear that she's not using her normal speaking voice. What else did Blomkamp do after District 9? Uh, Chappie. Chappie. Which was, which was I okay. Seen Chappie, yet. Chappie was good. Yeah. It wasn't. District 9, I feel like it's a hard thing best. to follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Chappie was good. I liked it. I need to check that one out still. But back to MacGyver. <laughs> anyway, yes, MacGyver. I'm sure that'll all be cut out. Um, no way. Uh, so Mac now is running to the satellite because he's hearing Pete argue with Colonel Phelps about the the firebombing because Pete's trying to say, give him more time. Yeah, and Just... Pete's hedging his bets and saying, I bet you MacGyver can hear me, so I'm going to let him know exactly what we're doing in here. Yeah. And, uh, and so MacGyver runs up to the satellite and finds the uh, communications dish. Right, and I, I guess all you have to do to get a communications dish working is just, just attach it. it. In. Yeah, <laughs> attach it. Just to, screws right in <laughs> to the coaxial port of the antenna. Yeah, um, and uh, everything starts working again. Yeah, 
he's basically sending his message through the satellite instead of through his antenna. Yeah. Because not only did this thing survive crashing down from orbit, but it's completely intact and functional. Yeah, yeah. The, the the satellite array is all all fine. Um, and and uh, while Pete is shouting at uh, Colonel Phelps to turn the firebombing around, the computer behind Pete suddenly turns on. Yeah. And they hear MacGyver say, look, I'm okay, there's no tears on the suit, and I have the I have the, thing. I have the sample, come fly me out of here. Yeah. So they, they call off the planes. Which is exactly what someone would say if their suit had torn. Yeah. I, I'm fine. I'm fine. Look. look <gasps> All right. Look, I didn't see me. any zombies. I just took a really long piss. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Let's go. Don't look at me. Why are you all sweaty? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I ran. I was watching cops. Got to get exercise. Sorry, that was from Step Brothers. Why are you all sweaty? Because I was watching cops. So now they have the the uh, sample of the organism. Yep. And they decided to take it back into a populated area. Yes. And take it to an underground facility. And not just a populated area, but the new Phoenix Foundation Labs. Yeah. This is the first time we're seeing this particular location of the Phoenix Foundation property. Yeah, and much like the lab in the Andromeda Strain or the Hive in Resident Evil, it is it is deep beneath the ground. Yes. Uh, with a elevator sh- and very unprotected elevator shaft yes. leading down to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it, MacGyver as he comes and in, all of the, all of these underground laboratories are elevator only. There's no yeah, stairs. There's no there's stairs. There's no ladder. There's no yeah other way out. You're, you're sealed in. I mean, I guess that's for security purposes, but it seems like it's an obvious fire hazard to not have yeah. stairs or some other way to get out of the lab. I suppose you know the risks once you go in. Yeah. You, you know, you know what you're getting into. part of the contract. Into. Standard Phoenix Foundation contract. <laughs> if you want to work at Phoenix Foundation Labs or what was the name of the base in uh, Human Factor? And then what was the one called in the first episode? It's like Wildfire or something like that? Or is Wildfire from Andromeda Strain? Wildfire, I think, is from Andromeda Strain. Yeah. Uh, nah, I can't think of it. It's driving me nuts, though, that I can't think of it. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm trying to think of the first one now. I'm going to continue. Yeah. Um, Pete is leading uh, Colonel Phelps into the research facility, so they take the elevator down. Yeah. Six. He's, he says it's six stories underground. Right. Um, so the it's pretty much all elevator shaft until you get to the labs. Yeah, that's true. It's the same thing. Like last time, it was like 100 feet between each of the... Each, yeah, each of the stories of the actual elevator shaft. Yeah, in the yeah in the, in the I, I think that in the pilot. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's important to note that all non-essential personnel have been Kiva. That was the first the pilot episode. It was called the Kiva. Are you sure? I thought that was that sounds more like the. No, the Kiva. Second. Kiva is definitely Kiva's the pilot. Yeah, it's it, there's more letters in in the name of the lab from the okay. human factor. We'll get there, folks. Well, yeah, yeah, it's gonna it come to time. us. We're not looking this up. I want, I want, I want you to be clear. <laughs> this that is, this we, is we us. are straining our brains. Yeah. So when you hear Richard talk for a long time and I don't talk, that's because I'm thinking instead of listening to what he's saying. <laughs> so I might start repeating what he said after he finishes. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, so now they get in the elevator, <laughs> <laughs> and they're on their way down. Uh, and Pete starts looking for uh, the infamous Dr. Milhouse. Right. Um, 
and uh, he's checking. It's kind of an interesting tour of the lab. They do a really good job of getting us to hate her right away. Yeah. Because she's not responding to the calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, she probably can't hear her from where she is. Yeah. But there's also no easy way to contact her. You just have to wander around the lab yeah. until you find her. Walking from room to room. Yeah. And uh, she's in the uh, hydroponics lab. Yeah. And she knows everything that's gone on. Like, none of this is news to her. Right. But she also doesn't give a crap. Yeah, she, she doesn't seems care. completely... She, like uninterested in whatever Pete has to say. In true supervillain form, she wants to study the deadly, dangerous organism to see how it can be used to benefit herself. Yeah. <laughs> and make her famous under the guise of goodwill. Yeah. Um, uh, she doesn't want them to pull the plug on because, like, Pete's pretty much saying that they're gonna they're gonna tell us to destroy it, and you need to be okay with that because it's gonna happen. Yeah. Also, you should be being brought up on all kinds of charges. Yeah. Uh, because you released a deadly toxin. Just, uh, but, you know, of course, nothing like that seems to be happening, and the Phoenix Foundation seems to be more than willing to cover everything up. Right. Um, and the actress here playing Dr. Milhouse is Judith Chapman, who, mm-hmm. um, if you watch The Young and the Restless, you would recognize from her 757-episode uh, streak as Gloria uh, Fisher-Bardwell. Bard- She's been on it for, like, a decade. She's on it right now, so that number's increasing every weekday. Wow. Yeah. Um, MacGyver then shortly arrives, still in his hazmat suit, uh, with uh, the the sample container. Yeah. Which he sends down like a private uh, dumbwaiter, mm-hmm. like a sealed dumbwaiter, and he's put through a, a very Andromeda strain esque decontamination. Yeah, I think they do the laser the outside of the skin yeah. off and yeah, that one. they totally do it. Um, but oddly enough, it doesn't affect hair. Uh, yeah, which it, is it should only be one cell thick each of the hairs. So yeah. instead of it burns off one layer, then it should take all of your body hair off. Yeah, I agree. And it's also the most way the the most safe way to be decontaminated. Yeah, is no hair on your body. Yeah, which I think you said that's the way it is in the book. I believe so. Yeah, strain. they actually all have to shave their heads. Yeah, but um, then in the movie they they have like robots sifting through their hair. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Because obviously an actor or an actress isn't, unless unless you're Charlize Theron, uh, you're not willing. Yeah, you're not. You're not really willing to shave your That's head. That's funny. The two of them, uh, Charlize Theron and um, uh, Tom Hardy, both get credit for like, you know, like in Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. as, as much as that movie is terrible, his face is covered up the whole time. And yeah. He's like one of those people that's like, yeah, if the character's face is covered up yeah. the whole time, then that's how I'm going to play it. Oh yeah, or look at Carl Urban in uh, Dread. Or, uh, what's his name, it'd be for Vendetta. Yeah. Hugo Weeping. Oh my god, He's yeah. completely covered the whole time. That could have been just an extra. Right. Um, Such great performances in yeah, all The, the all fact accounts. that those people are willing to do that and play those those parts in movies and be completely covered the whole time is just, that's yeah. amazing that they're willing to do that. Yeah, Stallone so, never had his helmet on practically in Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you gotta know he's Stallone. Exactly. Uh... So they now are moving to do some studying of the organism. Yeah. And so they, they, they're in like a, like a small viewing chamber where they're, they got the sample and they're going to, she's going to test it on a rodent, but MacGyver's like, no, we already know it kills animals. All right. It's like, oh, okay. Then why did you bring me the sample? Cause that's the whole point. Yeah. We're testing to see if it kills animals. And, uh, they what come in with one more lab rat. It's yeah. going to die here anyway. Yeah, it's because it's in a sealed room and there's no way to feed it. Yeah. <laughs> the only woman we've left in charge of it doesn't care about animals. Yeah, except her dog. Yeah. Who she feeds lab rats. Yeah. I'm sure. 
Well, we also know that she doesn't care about her dog because she used her dog to carry a disease to it put on trees. It was a tree disease. Uh, Dogs she, can't catch tree diseases. She is such a horrible person yeah. who needs to be put in jail. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they discover that uh, through the pathology of the other animals that comes in that what the organism does is it rapidly ages things. Right. So, and they determined that because the cause of death for the animals that they took as samples were like congestive heart failure yeah. and things that are clear results of, of aging, not Correct. of any other specific problem. Uh, but she's, Dr. Milhouse that is, is is like like stating that, oh, but you know, this is great. You know, if, if it causes rapid aging, that means we can yield more crops because we can have them grow faster or you know have more animals uh because we can get them to to become full age faster it's like yeah yeah i guess that seems like really not worth it (laughs) to me uh because it's clear what happens when this thing gets out um and by the way we kind of uh passed over this part but um coupled with macgyver out on on tour looking for this material we're cutting back and forth to footage on the news of of the farmer whose 900 yeah. sheep have been killed by this disease and they have a PR representative from the government essentially like a military PR representative saying no this has nothing to do with us it's not our fault and <laughs> and it's like this is who the Phoenix Foundation is working with exactly. completely denying any involvement of it instead of saying yes this is our fault we're going to deal with the problem. They're saying, we had nothing to do with this. And then after they tell him that the the biology like experiment had nothing to do with killing a sheep, they literally firebomb the entire forest as soon as they get MacGyver yeah. out. And they show wildfires on the television, and they're just like, oh, wildfires happened to kill the guy's yeah, ranch exactly. like, right it's after a... 900 sheep died. Yeah, it... Nothing to do with the government. Yep. yep. Even, and even though uh, the colonel at one point says that he's got to go now purchase the ranch... Like to keep the farmer quiet. Yeah. Because he's he's been on the news. He's talking about it. Like he's he's trying to go public with it. Yeah. And so now they're they're trying to shut him up. But it's just it's just so screwed up that they're not only are they telling him, well, we had nothing to do with your sheep dying, and then they burned his whole ranch down that yeah. he's probably had for generations. It's it's messed up. Yeah. Um. By the way, uh, Jay Brazu, I think that's how you pronounce it, Brazu, Jay Brazu, who plays Colonel Phelps here. Uh, played the Toad Air Marshal in 13 episodes of a show called Bucky O'Hare. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep bringing up Bucky O'Hare <laughs> as often as possible. I love it. Um, but the woman interviewing him on the on the TV station that they have uh, tuned in, is uh, the actress is named uh, Pamela Martin. She's playing a reporter named Nancy Bartlett, which is the only newscaster she's played with a name. But she only has 21 credits, and 19 of them are newscasters. Yeah, it's so, so every strange. single character this woman plays is a newscaster, um, including another episode of MacGyver where she also plays a newscaster. But she's also newscasters, in, like, just in bit parts in mm-hmm. well-known movies like Time Cop, Masterminds, Life or Something Like It, The Core. Yeah. Like, she just ends up, she only ever gets cast as anchors. Mm-hmm. But as far as I can tell, she didn't work as an actual anchor, like a local yeah. anchor. Or at least it's not on her IMDb page that she's, like, an actual right, right. anchor in a local station. So it must just be everything that shoots in Vancouver that needs an anchor woman. Exactly. Just go to her. It's it's almost like a, the Reginald Val Johnson. 
Yeah. Send All right, home. we need a cop. Call up <laughs> Reginald Bell Johnson. He's going to be the cop in this and in Family Matters and in Ghostbusters and in Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> and everything else he ever did. With the exception of Crocodile Dundee, where he was a limo driver. Right. Which is Undercover still, cop. Still Undercover. in uniform. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Milhouse is awaiting the decision from Washington of what to do with the organism. Which is clear what it sh- the decision should be. Yeah. It's to kill it. Yeah. But uh, she decides to show MacGyver that she's been able to genetically engineer crops that can grow in the Arctic or in the Sahara. It's like, well, that's amazing because, one, no no one lives in those areas. But also, the fact that isn't that you can't grow crops in the Sahara is that there's no water in the Sahara to feed yeah. the crops to keep them to grow. It doesn't matter how quickly you can age the crops if they're not getting fed. Yeah. First of all. Second of all... There's not a food shortage globally. The problem is a, a distribution of the food. Yeah. So this is what she's up to. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden we get the uh, final word is that they want to destroy the organism. Yeah. Just as the alarms start going off in the in the facility that the uh, containment seal is bre- being breached. Yeah. So now the organism that rapidly ages creatures is now rapidly aging the seal i'm yeah. assuming that's what's happening yeah i'm assuming it's 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 continuing its process of aging but things. it looks like a chemical seal it doesn't look like it's an organic seal yeah it's it's like some kind of uh gelatin yeah yeah um, and pete tries to touch it yeah pete's just like, showing ooh. off his ignorance of <laughs> biological warfare like oh it looks like it's happening right here Ever has to tell him not to put his finger on yeah. it like he's a child. Pete spends a lot of the time in this episode yelling what's happening. Yeah. And, uh, and the only time that he doesn't is when he's explaining exactly what's happening to yeah. Colonel Phelps. Um, and so since the the, cre- the, organ- the creature... <laughs> <laughs> it's a creature, kind of. Uh, it's only eating through one part of the seal yeah, yeah. that Pete happened to find right away. Um, they didn't even need a mass spectrometer to find nope, the leak. No, no, yeah, it's right there. That's where it is. It's yep. leaking out into the room as we speak. Yep. Um, they have seven minutes, though, to uh, before the... Yeah, the lab is like, the seal is broken. You have seven minutes to leave. That's a way too much time. And also a weird number. Yeah. Like, if you're at seven, might as well go to ten or, or five. No, they only you only need seven minutes to monologue and sit, give someone an I told you so mm-hmm. before uh, before you leave the lab. MacGyver's plan of uh, melting the casing even more and then freezing it, uh, utilizing a, a Bunsen burner, and then like he he uh, salvaged the Freon tube from a refrigerator. Right. Much like he he did in uh, Bushwhacked. Or was it Bushwhacked? Bushmaster. Bushwhacked. With Daniel Stern? Yeah, Bushwhacked. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is where the, the the music starts pumping in, like, it just, like, Fletch-esque. Yeah, yeah, very synthesized. Oh, it's all synthesized, but... Yeah. But, uh, but the beats, like, the, the those late 80s beats. And it's got, like, like midi horns in it and stuff like yeah. that. It just sounds... Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it so much more exciting. Yeah. It's definitely the first of this kind of music that we've had on the show yeah. that I recall. Um, but yeah, he's able to melt and freeze it. And the whole time Pete's explaining to the Colonel, because someone in the room needed to represent the viewer that doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. And as also, obvious as it is. And also how it wouldn't work. Right. Exactly. Um, and the organism 
having been thwarted in its effort to eat through the seal, realizes, mm-hmm. okay, these guys are going to do the same thing no matter where I eat through. Yeah. I'm giving up on that plan. And I'm going to go back into the <laughs> container completely. Yeah. Because when... I am not going to even bother escaping. I'm going to reconvene Yeah. and think this over again in my test tube. So it climbs back into the test tube so and that they can zap it with a zap laser. Zap it with a laser. And that, that kills it. Uh, kills the one in that chamber. Yeah. Because they test it by releasing that lab rat into the chamber, which is such a bad idea. They just let it run around inside the testing chamber. Yeah. It's like, here you go, have fun in here. I don't know how we're going to get you out because this is a sealed chamber. Yeah. And they do similar stuff in uh, the Andromeda strain, but the animals are, are not allowed to move around freely. They yeah. have to stay in the cage and they open up the capsule so that the air is now... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that's what you should do. You're supposed to expose the animal, not expose the chemical to the animal. Because mm-hmm. um, but... it, it's going to start pooping and peeing all over your little room. Yeah. And, and then, then you're contaminating it and causing all sorts of new problems. Yeah. But it's also funny to me that she's like, well, there's only one way to find out if it's dead. We have to let a rat in there. And it's like, well, can we turn on that microscope again and yeah. see if it's moving around or if it's dead? Well, also, the 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 computer seems to know what's up with the containment seal. Yeah. It must be able to detect, detect it. Yeah. It can, <laughs> it, it can detect it. Somehow it's able to detect it. <laughs> But yeah, if the computer was able to detect it earlier, there's mm-hmm. no reason that... Like, obviously, there's some kind of a sensor in there that can tell when it's moving around. Yeah, yeah. So now, uh, with it destroyed, the doctor says, like, okay, now everyone get out of my lab. Because apparently, I'm still working here. And, and I and, own this lab. Yeah. And I rent it out to you, the Phoenix Foundation. Um, so so everyone kind of listens to what she has to say. They leave. MacGyver tries to come by and back and give, like, a little, like, a little goodbye... And say, you know, I know what you're doing. I can appreciate what you're trying to do, but you're just not going. We're not. We're not there yet. Yeah, and she says, "Oh, I'm gonna make an organism that eats through red tape next time." Yeah, ha ha, because that's what the problem is. Yeah, the bureaucracy killed all these animals today. It wasn't me. Yeah. Uh, so Mac meets up with Pete back up on the surface. The colonel leaves, and uh, this is when Pete tells MacGyver the story about the Dutch elm disease. That she used her dog to spread. Yeah. Uh, by by. She basically injected this strain into her dog's yeah. bladder or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. like she, yeah, the fluid into the bladder. So as the dog is like going around and peeing on things, uh, marking the territory, uh, it would be infecting the trees. Yeah. Well, and and in essence, vaccinating them because the whole wasn't the point of it was that it was like making the strongest trees or. No, no, no. It was it was it was spreading the disease. So it actually killed trees. Yeah, she was spreading Dutch elm disease, the strongest strain she could she could create. To what end? We don't know because she's clearly. I a... thought he was complimenting the the work though. Like after that, he's like, "Oh, she didn't give up, and she she smuggled that out on the dog, and it made the strongest trees or something like that." Oh, see, I thought I thought <laughs> she was creating the strongest strain of Dutch elm disease. I can't remember now. She's such an evil person, though. <laughs> yeah, like they want to make her look bad. Then yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, like Pete says, she never gives up. It's like, well, she gave up this time. Did she? Yeah. Um, uh, wait a minute. Um, so they run back. And when I say they, I mean MacGyver runs back. Pete, yeah. Pete uh, is left in the dust as yeah. as MacGyver gets to the elevator and rides it down uh, to encounter, I guess just to have the one-on-one encounter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, don't, I didn't quite understand what, what purpose it served for the plot. It didn't really. 
Because Pete just gets there a couple, couple minutes later. Yeah. But you do have this amazing reveal mm-hmm. where we're like slow moving in on Pete as he realizes what's going on down yeah. here. But, um, and, uh, but yeah. before that. Yeah, yeah. She, she had taken a, another sample of the, of the organism and put it in a Petri dish. Yeah. Which didn't seem as nearly as sealed as the other things that they used. Yeah, it was just like... Yeah, it was just a, a petri dish and a smaller petri dish. Like, yeah, the lid closed, the lid on, closed on it. Yeah, <laughs> and she's she's locked herself in the hydroponics lab, and she's talking to Mac through the uh, window, and she's all, "Don't you understand what this organism means?" And she's like waving the petri dish up and down. Yeah, and so the dog immediately just jumps at it and knocks it out of her hand, and it shatters on the yeah. ground. Which we have a little bit of foreshadowing, too, because she's playing with a ball in her office and the dog suddenly jumps up and grabs it out of her hand. Yeah, and yeah. And it kind of catches her off guard. And so here she's juggling around with this Petri dish and uh, the dog, Ace, knocks it out of her hand. Yeah. And see, and, and yeah, see, I have in my notes here that the computer system immediately detects that the organism is loose. Yeah. So it knows that the organism exists yeah. and how to find it. Exactly. Um, that's when Pete arrives... Uh, a little too late. Mac goes to get some hazmat suits for them to wear in case uh, it breaks the seal. Right. So that, the, but uh, the computer system has already started the countdown, so it doesn't matter. And luckily for them, uh, she locked them out of the lab, so she should, yeah. should be safe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we know that he's through the seal. Right. And that's why the computer starts the countdown again. And we can see that the dog is like getting like white faced. Yeah. And we can start to that's see. That's why like, they picked a, a dog with a lot of black fur on its face, so that yeah, they could just dust him up every once in a while to make yeah. him look older. And and she starts getting gray right away. And then and when Matt comes back with the hazmat she suits, she's already like significantly wrinkly. Yeah. And, and that's pale. when we see this, this really amazing establishing of like her being screwed up where we're looking out of the lab from her point of view at mm-hmm. Pete walking around the corner and seeing her and just slowly pushing in on Pete. Yeah. And Pete's like, oh my God. Dear God. And it's like super dark, but it's also this is probably the craziest thing that's happened on the show so far. Yeah, I mean So it makes sense that you would give it that kind of gravitas. Like mm-hmm. they've never seen anything this insane. Yeah. And it feels like an episode of Star Trek. It doesn't even feel like MacGyver. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like something out of Stephen King, like thinner. This is older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, older. <laughs> thinner too, older. Um you know, Mac comes back and and so Doctor Millhouse is struggling with her last breaths to say to to save her work. Yeah. Um, and we see that the 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 cre- uh, the keep calling it the creature <laughs> um, has mutated even further because now it's attacking the plants. Right. In the room. Um. So MacGyver goes and grabs a handful of discs from her desk, assuming yeah. that that's all of her work. He takes the box that all the discs are in, and then he shakes all the discs out of it, and then picks them up with his hands. It's like, you've had a box to carry these in. Just take the box. Too much he to couldn't carry. hide them all in his jacket. Yeah. He only t- he only t- I only took what I could fit in my pockets. Yeah. It's more convenient that way. But I guess they had to do that because it's like, oh, we're going to show them climbing around in an elevator shaft later. We don't want him carrying around a box of discs. Yeah. So just have him shake them all out. Um... So she dies having known that her work has been saved via disk. Assuming they grab the right ones. Yeah. But now the computer system is uh, sealing off the facility. Yeah. Now here's the interesting thing that I noticed is that um, there were other people in the lab when they go down there first. Were the there? first time. Yeah. You, we saw we see a couple of people other walking around the hallways 
when the first alarm goes off, when they're when, when before they've lasered it, yeah, um, we see people running. Now they they could have been evacuated when that first alarm goes off, um, but we definitely don't see anyone left now. And now they're sealing off the uh, the compartments yeah. of the lab. And th- this lab, by the way, is from something. I don't know what if it's a movie or another TV yeah. show, but this is a reused set because. It's way too expensive to have just been for yeah. one episode of my It's very elaborate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it even has, like, the big ceiling doors that, uh, the, I mean, when I say ceiling, I don't mean ceiling as in the roof. I mean, yeah, yeah. doors that seal off one area from the other. Yeah. Um, and they're, and they're actually having to jump through. Yeah, they're slamming shut in sequence. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, so they get to the elevator, but the elevator isn't working, apparently. Uh, well, I think the elevator was, like, the last door to lock people out. Right. But, so they just cut off all functionality of the elevator, apparently, at that point? With the exception of the manual override. McGavern has bad luck with elevators this season. Yeah. <laughs> the Hellweek elevator, and now this one, just auto-shut off anytime something's going wrong. Yeah. Uh, so they, they get they manage to get into the elevator, and they climb up onto the uh, the roof of it where there's a, like a manual override button. But apparently it only puts moves the elevator up an inch whenever yeah. you press it. And you can't just hold it down, so he keeps having to just tap it. Yeah. And they get, like, three-quarters of the way off of the laboratory floor before they're like, okay, we need to do something else. Yeah. So MacGyver jumps back out of the elevator and goes and just, like, rips the control panel yeah, off the wall. Yeah, apparently he knows exactly how all this stuff was installed. And he knows that this control panel doesn't run off of power to the building, yeah. that it runs off of a battery for some reason. Yeah, I guess. And uh, I guess to prevent people from breaking in in the case of like a power failure or something um but so he yanks this whole like car battery out of the wall and uh and from like you know he hands back up to pete and then they just kind of wire it into the control panel which is making the elevator rise but not quickly yeah um and you had pointed out that at this point they should have gotten back into the elevator car yeah because it's already going up yeah but instead they go the whole way up to the top and then they even once they get to the whole way to the top, they wait for the countdown to finish. Yeah. And for the voice to say self-destruct before they even start to climb into the elevator. Um, and so we start to see the uh, individual compartments of the lab explode, including, we noticed... Oh yeah, one shot that you were like, this doesn't even look like the lab from this episode. Yeah. And then we realized, wait a minute, that's the Kiva. That's the, the first lab from the yeah, pilot episode. They, they just reused a shot from that episode. Yeah, they, 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 they took an angle that they didn't use in yeah, the episode. Yeah, that's true. And then, to be fair, the, the, yeah, that, that exact shot is not in the episode. Yeah, but you can you can clearly see the wall and the divider and even the clock and the equipment in the room from when we went back and rewatched that portion of the pilot. Yeah. It's 100% that room yeah. being blown up. Um, and uh, they, I mean, to be fair, if you have footage of a laboratory exploding, you might as well reuse it. Yeah, and also they were smart enough to get multiple angles. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, and I wouldn't have even noticed though. Like, I, oh, I would have obviously because yeah. I did, but I I don't think people would have noticed if they'd have reused even the same angles from the previous episode. Yeah, it was so it was long so ago. Quick, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just felt that the decor of those of that room didn't match. Yeah. Because everything looks very slick sci-fi. Yeah. Gre- like, it looks futuristic. There's a taupe and green uh, aspect. Like, all the doors are green, yeah. and all the walls are taupe, and there's the the, the window framings are all specially designed. In, in, yeah. In, it looks like a, a level in a Halo game, the way the yeah. doors close and everything. So, yeah, it, it, it just it just stood out that it didn't match. Yeah. 
Um, so everything blows up. Pete and Mac uh, dive out of the elevator shaft just as uh, the elevator shaft is is incinerated. Yeah. And they they kind of look back at it, and Pete Pete says a line I don't quite understand. He says, "What a loss." Yeah. And I'm not quite sure what he's referring to. I I think that that was the the best way that they could incorporate the woman's death, the loss of the research, and yeah. a dog dying all <laughs> into one phrase. Because if he just if he had just been like like what a mess or something like that, yeah. like, what else could he have said that like would yeah. have conveyed everything? Because I feel like they were worried that it would sound like he was he was either only caring about the woman dying or only mm. caring about the research being right. lost. So easy just, come, easy go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told her so. Yeah. The insurance on this is going to be a nightmare. But yeah, and then we basically cut right then. from After after what a loss, they, they just turned to walk out of the soundstage. Yeah. And that's the end of it. That's it. That's the episode. Uh, I guess the organism died? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're assuming that it was killed in both the firebombing outside and in the and, self-destructing of the lab inside. Yeah. Um, but it's also weird how the thing came to be in the first place because she didn't. She didn't even send an organism. She sent like enzymes into space. That yeah, were with, not with, even complicated enzymes, and they evolved. With, yeah, with synthetic growth. Yeah. Accelerators. Yeah. But she said that still doesn't explain what happened. Yeah. And and never will because it's not science. Yeah. Um, and if it was science then she wouldn't need to send it into space to cause the same Yeah. Like she could have it on Earth in a vacuum and a weightless situation. Like you could mimic weightlessness on Earth without having to send a satellite into space with your enzymes on it. Yeah. Um it's still a fun episode. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's one of the more fun ones to watch. Um, and it does have cr- the crazy sci-fi aspect of people aging very quickly. Yeah, that, that's it, it. Almost it almost seems like it's getting into '90s television plots. Yeah, because that's like a very '90s show. Yeah, like because there's so much more sci-fi, like with like things like Sequest and Sliders. Yeah, where you kind of expect to see that kind of stuff. And th- uh, that that wasn't really what happened with the Andromeda Strain, right? No, I was just gonna say. Sandy was the name of the computer system right, yeah, yeah. at the other lab. I still can't think of the name of the lab. The name of the lab was an acronym, and I can't remember what any of the letters stood for, except maybe underground. But it was like five letters, five or six letters. Nah. So anyway, sorry, you were thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah. the Andromeda Strain. But in the Andromeda Strain, I think, I don't remember it aging people quickly. Was that what it did? No, I think it just killed people. Yeah, I think it just or, killed or, them. No, you know what it did? I think it... I think it Mutated it, them or something. No, it, um, it, uh, like... It like hardened their blood, I think. Okay. I feel like that—that's what. Yeah, it that's did. right. Yeah. Um, like it caused like rigor mortis. And like, it it only didn't affect two people in the town. Yeah, yeah. So they, and they were taken to the lab. Yeah. And there's so much decontamination. Yeah, there's the like I mean that's most of the story is about them decontaminating. Yeah. Which there's, is important. Yeah, like, there's five layers to this place, and they have to pass like a bunch of series of tests to get from one floor to the next floor to the next floor. Was there some part of the acronym that seemed like a cheat? Yeah, I feel like there was. Or am I thinking of Spectre? (laughs) (laughs) Where the SP comes from special, but counterintelligence is one letter. Does it end with AT? Like at? Something at? I think that's all we have for this episode. (laughs) Um, 
don't bother telling us what the name of the lab was. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> because we're going to look it up the second we finish recording this. And then we're going to be super, we're super be mad. infuriated. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, if you have any other thoughts that don't involve the laboratory from uh, Season 2, Episode 1, The Human Factor, um, then you should uh, shoot us a line on Twitter. Our username on Twitter is Opening Gambit. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Or you can find us on our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, as always, you can feel free to review us on iTunes. And tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 3, Episode 11, uh, Early Retirement. Early Retirement. All right. So that's uh, that's another episode. I think that, that, Episode 12. Oh, is it 12? Oh, this was 11. Yeah. Yep. Episode 12, like I said. <laughs> <coughs> early Retirement. Um, which is a solid one. That's a fun episode. Excellent. So, uh. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. All right. Bye.